Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode 279 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to talk about Jesus being the great shepherd. Let's dive in. Over the last several weeks, we've been walking through some of the I am statements of Jesus in the book of John. They are so rich and just profound to me, especially when we realize that every single one of these I am statements wasn't something that Jesus Jesus just said 2,000 years ago. Rather, these are the present reality of who he is still today and who he's going to continue to be into eternity. In the last episode, we were talking specifically about Jesus being the gate or the door of the sheep. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to that because I was laying the foundation for where I want to head today. But let me pick up from the passage in John chapter 10, where we left off in the last episode. Jesus is talking a bit again about this idea of him being a gate, the door of the sheep, that is through him that the sheep find life and salvation. And then Jesus makes this statement in John 10, 10. I'll start reading from that point. Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. It's a really intriguing passage to me. I love the fact that Jesus is contrasting himself with the thief that comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy, as well as a hired hand. Jesus is making this incredible point that says, I will never leave you. And of course, that is a grand declaration of God throughout all the scriptures, that he will not leave us or forsake us, that, that even if we are faithless, 
he yet remains faithful. And Jesus says, I am a good shepherd. Now that word good is is a superlative. Now, if you know me, I am a huge fan of superlatives. Superlatives are those words that are probably in some ways unnecessary, (laughs) but we use them to emphasize and to expand uh, an idea. For example, someone comes up to you and says, hey, how was your day? And most of us pick a rather paltry superlative. You know, it's like we, we, we say stuff like, oh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's fine. You know, it, it's going well. <laughs> when there are some great superlatives available, like we could be saying it is amazing. It is tremendous. It is fantastic. It is bodacious. It is phantasmagorical. I mean, there are some great superlatives. Think about this. When Jesus is describing himself as a shepherd, he doesn't just say, hey, I'm a shepherd. He says, I am the great. I am the good shepherd. And it's interesting that word good in the Greek doesn't just mean like good in the sense of how we typically think of it. It really means like the best. It means like the, the most genuine. It is the approved one. Here's some, here's some other options for translation for that word. Uh, it can mean beautiful, handsome, excellent, eminent, choice, surpassing, precious, useful, suitable, commendable, admirable. In other words, what Jesus is saying is that I am competent, I am able, that, that I have all the qualities necessary to be the best shepherd. Isn't that a great thought? That, that when Jesus is describing himself as a shepherd, which is a illustration that God uses throughout the Old Testament saying, hey, I, I am going to be, I'm going to shepherd my people, that, that, the, that, that my people are the flock of my pasture, that, that, that I, I am the loving shepherd that is going after the sheep. So you have this idea of God saying, hey, I'm a shepherd. But then Jesus comes on the scene and says, hey, look, I've been telling you all throughout my word that I'm a shepherd. But let me tell you, I'm not just any kind of a shepherd. I am a good shepherd. I am the great shepherd. I, I am the genuine thing that I am competent and able to do the very thing that I'm I'm declaring that I want to do, that I, I can shepherd you. I love that concept. And Jesus then clarifies and says two things about his shepherding. He says that as a good shepherd, that he lays down his life for the sheep. Now, again, this is contrasted with the hired hand. That just as the thief only comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come that they may have life abundantly, Jesus says, even a hired hand, when, when, when a wolf is coming, they run, they, they flee. Why? Because the sheep aren't theirs. They don't care about the sheep. They're just trying to get paid. But Jesus says, I am a good shepherd. So when the attacks come and when the threats and the fear arises, I don't go anywhere. I deal with the threat. I, I put the wolf down. I deal with the lions and the bears. And I think that's such a beautiful encouragement for so many people in the crazy world in which we live, that with all the noise and with all the distraction and all the stuff that's happening, we need to remember that he won't leave us, that that he, as a good shepherd, actually laid down his life for the, for the salvific reality, for the, for the life-changing truth, for the reality of the cross in our lives, that, that he wasn't just, he's not a big talk kind of a God that he actually does 
what he says. And as a good shepherd, he laid down his life for the sheep. But then he makes this statement as well. He says, the good shepherd knows and is known by his own sheep. Earlier in John chapter 10, and I briefly mentioned this in the last episode, but in John chapter 10, verse three and four, Jesus, again, talking about the gate says the sheep, speaking of the true shepherd, hears the voice of that shepherd and the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. You you probably already know this, but there's that beautiful picture, especially in Middle Eastern uh, shepherding that, you know, it's time to give some sheep, the sheep some water. And so they, they bring them all to a well or a watering area and they end up mingling all these different herds of, sh- of sheep, these flocks, I guess they're not herds, <laughs> all these, all these flocks of sheep together and they give the sheep some water. Well, then how on earth do these shepherds separate their sheep? Well, and again, you know this, but you know, they give that guttural sound from their throat and they begin to walk off. And because the sheep are so well acquainted with the voice of their shepherd, they just follow that guttural sound, that that intimate voice that they know, and they follow the shepherd. And Jesus says the same thing. He says, hey, my sheep know me so well, and I know my sheep so well, that, that I give that guttural voice and my sheep begin to follow me. He says the same thing in our, in our passage in, in John chapter 10, verse 14 and 15. Again, it says, I am the good shepherd, And I know my own and my own know me, even as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep. Again, there's this rich reality of Jesus saying, hey, I don't, I don't just do this work. I'm not a hired hand. I intimately know my sheep. They know my voice and they follow me. Wouldn't it be amazing to know Jesus like that? And again, he even restates this in a perhaps even a more profound way because he says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me in the same way that I know the father and the father knows me. I mean, can can you imagine the intimacy and the relationship that the father has with the son? I mean, we're talking the triune God. You cannot have anything more one and more unified and more intimate than the Trinity God. And Jesus says, that's, that's the kind of intimacy and relationship I have with my sheep. And the word he uses there, if, uh, if you know me at all, I, I use this word all the time. It's that Greek word, gnosko. It's that idea of knowing not just facts and information. It's not knowing perception ideas. It's this idea of knowing something through experience and intimacy and relationship. So, so think about what Jesus is saying. He says, I intimately, relationally, experientially know my sheep. I've spent so much time with my sheep. I know the depths of them. In fact, because I know them that well, they know me that well. We have spent so all this time together and my sheep, man, they know my voice. They are so wrapped up in who I am in the same way that I'm that way with a father. Boy, that is, that is so encouraging to me. And yet it is so convicting Because it begs the question, do I have intimacy and relationship with Jesus as my good shepherd, like he has with the father? And and, and we, I think we all have to admit that none of us, (laughs) none of us 
are near the intimacy and the relationship and the experience of our God like the Father has with the Son, which means that this can only increase, which means we can't grow passive. We, we can't just coast in our faith. We need this thing to increase and expand and get better and better and better as the days, the weeks, the months, and the years go by. That is so critical for our faith. So it's convicting because I'm nowhere where I want to be, and yet it is so deeply encouraging to know that I, it's possible, and even the, the little bit that I know Jesus right now, it, it can grow, and it can increase, and it can expand, and, and this thing, as good as it is, only gets better from here. Well, let me give you one other quick idea when it comes to this idea of Jesus being the Good Shepherd. So, so not only is it this idea that he's the genuine thing, that he is the great, good, superlative shepherd, not only is it this idea that he gives his life for the sheep and that he's, he's not a hired hand, he's not a thief, that he's actually come to bring life. It's also this idea that the good shepherd knows and is known by his sheep. He, he gnoscos his sheep and the sheep gnosco him. They know his voice because they've spent time with him. By the way, one quick other thought on that is if you want to get to know the voice of Jesus, and if you're saying, okay, great, I understand the sheep knows his voice, and okay, but where do I, where do I get, where do I start? Where do I get going on this thing? Can I encourage you, the best place to learn the voice of the shepherd is in his word, because it is the clear enunciation of his voice. This is God's word. This is his voice to his sheep. So if you want to know what he's saying, if you want to know his heart, if you want to know what it sounds like, if you want to know the passions of his heart, you've got to be in the word of God because it is the primary means. It's the primary thing that he has given us that is the declaration of his voice, of his truth. But let me give you one other idea with this idea of the shepherd thing. And I love this on so many levels, and I've probably shared it countless times on the podcast so far, but it's a great reminder. And it's the fact that when you look at a shepherd, even bad shepherds give three things to their sheep. They always give protection, provision, and direction to their sheep. That, that even bad shepherds, even, even the horrible ones, will at least protect their sheep from the, from the onslaught of that which is outside, right? The wolves, the tigers, the bears, you know, the lions, all that kind of stuff. They give provision, meaning they lead them into the grassy knolls. They, they give them the water. They give them their daily need, their, their daily nourishment, and they give direction that they, they're going to lead, lead those sheep. So if even bad shepherds do that, can you imagine what Jesus is going to do in our lives as a good shepherd? Paul changes the whole illustration, but he uses that same language all throughout his epistles when he talks about this idea of the slave relationship with their master. And Paul over and over says, says this idea that Jesus is Lord of all, that, that he is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, right? That, that, that Jesus is master and Lord. And as such, because he is Lord, then my relationship with him means I'm a slave. And, and I know that's not popular in today's culture. <laughs> I totally get it. But that is the biblical language. That, that he is master, he is Lord, and as such, I am his servant. I am the slave. And it's amazing that in Paul's day, in the Roman Empire, every master, even bad masters, were required to give three things to their slaves. Protection, 
provision and direction. So imagine this. Jesus says, hey, I'm I'm not a bad shepherd. I'm a great shepherd. Paul says, okay, here I am a slave and here's my Jesus. And he is, he's not a bad master. He is, he is the superlative master. He's the best Lord. He's the King of Kings, which tells us something that he will just ponder this. Jesus will give us protection, provision, and direction that, that even a bad shepherd, even a bad masters would give those things. How much more would Jesus give us all that we need for life and godliness, as 2 Peter 1.3 says, that, that he would supply through his enabling grace and spirit everything we need to function as Christians because he is such a great shepherd and a great Lord and master. And yet, isn't it interesting that when you examine our prayer lives, the three things that we tend to pray for the most <laughs> are protection, provision, and direction. And it's almost like we don't trust him to give us those things. And so if you analyze your prayer life, my, my guess is, if you're like most believers today, we're, we're asking for, hey, God, I, I need help right here, and I need protection, and I need provision, and, and hey, I need direction in life, and could you show me your will? And so wouldn't it just be amazing, in the same way that a sheep has become so intimate with the shepherd that he knows the voice of the shepherd, just as a slave because he has such a good master, has taken his ear to the doorpost and, and put an all through it, signifying that that right ear belongs to his master and he only has a single ear for his Lord. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had that with Jesus? And we said, Lord, you are the King of kings and Lord of lords of my life. You are the great shepherd. So Lord, could I know your voice that intimate, uh, that intimately? Could, could, I, could I experience your life in such a depth of a relationship and could I just rest and trust you that you will supply protection and provision and direction in my life because you are such a good shepherd? Again, he is the genuine, approved, he is competent and able. He is the great shepherd of our souls. So again, we're talking about the I am statements of Jesus in the book of John. And in John chapter 10, Jesus stands up and says, do you know who I am? I am the superlative shepherd. I am the great shepherd. And I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Can I encourage you to go after Jesus? Can I encourage you to know him like that? Oh, I love that reality. And again, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this wasn't something that he said 2,000 years ago. Rather, this is the reality right now. And he wants to know you like that. He wants to have relationship and intimacy, and he wants you to experience his abundant life like that right now and every day throughout eternity. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 279 for episode 279. And until next time, as we continue our study in the I Am Statements of Jesus in the book of John, know I am cheering you on and praying for you as you build your life around the great shepherd himself, Jesus Christ.